Welcome to week one of the coronavirus episodes, folks. Hey, I am Doc Hollis. I'm your host. I am just sitting in here trying to figure out some of the insanity that's going on around here. Can somebody explain to me, what is Governor Sizzlack doing down there in Nevada? Why is he not allowing Nevadans to deal with and get chloroquine? This is a drug that is supposedly supposed to be all, you know, incredibly effective against coronavirus. But this guy just thinks that he's just all that in a bag of chips and that he can suddenly decide that you aren't smart enough to go out and get a medication that you might need. Ladies and gentlemen, this is just outrageous. This is crazy. This is government out of control. This guy has even gone so far as to even block folks from, you know, he, he shut down Nevada. Now, I don't know if, about you, but if you've ever been down to Vegas, you've seen it's crazy. There are so many folks that are probably all over the age of 50 who are sitting there spending away their kids' retirement money and things of that nature. And the whole time, they are just going crazy because he has shut it all down. And he shut it down in such a way that it's one of those things that no one can get into the one-armed bandits. Well, now he's taking it to that next step. He's saying that all those folks, now that he's shut down all the casinos... Now that he has shut down anything over 10 people gathering together, he's now decided that, in fact, you aren't smart enough to actually go out and get your own chloroquine. In fact, even though you're probably in that high-risk group, you're not even allowed to go out and get this medication as a prophylactic preventative medication. This guy is just out of control. Folks, Nevada, you got to vote this guy out. He is just obnoxious. I mean, it's bad enough here Governor Inslee has locked us down here in the Pacific Northwest. I mean, if you ask me, I'm just a lowly Sasquatch. And we have been practicing social distancing for decades. We are the masters at it. But this is one of those situations where, you know, you got to understand, really, this is for your own good. And the only reason why he had to do this was when looking around, we saw all these folks out on the beaches, not even bothering to pay attention to the social distancing requirement, hanging around, partying, goofing off, and I'm glad you're having a good time. But at the same time, King County, you have the highest number of cases anywhere in Washington State. And then you add to that, you're probably hanging out with your friends from Pierce County who are then spreading it down to Thurston County. This is just out of control. Now, as of this morning, there were only like, 15 cases in Thurston County, and that's great. We're, gr we're glad for that. But please, for the love of Pete, wash your paws. Mind the whole idea of social distancing. Now, it would be one thing if I just got on the program and just started doom and glooming the whole time, but i got to tell you a story. So we've got a couple of students that are international students, and they, they go through and they study at this private Christian school. And the one of them, he comes up and he asks me, he says, you know, hey, why is it everyone gets so uh, bent out of shape? And, and he's trying to understand that whole parable and the story of Jesus in the boat where he's taking the nap in the middle of a storm. And he's like, you know, why, why did his friends get upset? Why did the disciples get upset? I, I don't get this. And I'm trying to explain to this guy that, you know, Jesus is the personification of everything human about us. He got tired. He wept. He got angry. And this is definitely one of those moments where, you know, he just comes off of feeding all those thousands of people. He's had a big day. He's been healing and saving and going through and chatting with all kinds of people. It's exhausting. 
And so now he's lying in the boat. He's getting gently rocked back and forth because of the storm. And I got to tell you, you know, you do that to me, I'm going to be out like a light. So he falls asleep in the middle of the storm and his disciples were all freaking out. They're like, who is this guy? What's going on? Finally, Jesus wakes up and he's like, okay, that's it. Just hush. And he's telling hush, not just to the disciples, but to the storm. That really freaks them out because the storm subsides. It stops. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, blue skies, perfect weather. And Jesus is like, all right, I'm going back to sleep, guys. Knock it off. And if I was one of the disciples, I would probably be freaking out too. Who is this guy? Who is he that he's got control over the weather? I mean, yeah, we're hanging out with him and he's ticking off all the Pharisees and that's kind of cool because we were kind of tired of him anyway. But at the same time, who is this guy? And it's amazing. And this is one of those moments where Jesus shows through that whole thing that we got nothing to worry about. Why are you freaking about, you know, freaking out about this storm? And that's where we're at today, folks. I mean, there are some really crazy moments going on here in the Pacific Northwest. And one of the things that frightens the dickens out of me is that you got folks who are like, you know, the, the Democrats finally, after blocking an aid package twice, step up and go through and say, okay, 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 here, we'll pass something, $2 trillion worth of something, in order to try to help people who are in need. Because a lot of folks have already started losing their jobs. They're trying to file for unemployment benefits. This whole coronavirus thing that's been going on since January, December, if you start thinking about all the stuff going on in China, it's impacting everyone. It's an economic disaster as much as it is a health disaster. And I was one of the early people who was absolutely out front, sitting there saying, you know, this is crazy, we're overreacting, we have more deaths from flu, and technically we do have more deaths from flu. But it's the way people die with this one and the way that it's so contagious that is absolutely frightening. If you go through and you see some of the cases over in Italy right now, it is obscene in terms of you've got doctors and nurses who are telling these patients in this socialized medicine mecca that, hey, we're not going to treat you anymore if you're over the age of 60. Do our hospitals have to start dealing with that now? I'm afraid so. Policies that the governor has already put into place has already identified that, you know, make your best call. Now, this is going to be a difficult decision for any healthcare provider here in the Pacific Northwest, let alone anywhere else, because they're going to have to decide, do I save the 30-year-old with coronavirus, who I know could potentially go on and do great things in society, or do I save the 65-year-old who, you know, they've, they've done a good job over at Boeing and, you know, they're retired now and, uh, yeah, they don't need the uh, ventilator. We're just going to let them fall off the planet, basically, and suffer through this. Just keep them comfortable. This is Disaster Management 101. you got to sit there and triage. Who's worse? Who's better? Who can you actually save? Now, this is something that the average Joe isn't familiar with. This is going to be something that's going to horrify people if the patients actually get wind of this and they actually have to have it done. Now, if you're someone who, you know, you're just not familiar with this sort of thing and you've never worked in healthcare, maybe you're thinking, gosh, this is just incredibly cruel. How can people be like this? And you're right. It does come across that way, but they've got to make some tough calls. Now, Tough calls that I don't think anyone had to make. Anyone seen that story about the L.A. County Sheriff's order? 
this guy, this joker, sits there and says, okay, we're going to shut down all of the gun stores. And maybe that's a good thing, because there are some crazy liberals and some other folks who are out there like, oh my gosh, it's Armageddon, I need to have a gun now! And they don't want to go through the background checks, and they you know, somehow believe the whole idea that you could get a gun just by ordering it over the internet and making that happen, but that's not reality. No, instead, this guy orders the closure of all the gun stores. Maybe, okay, maybe not. But at the same time, he releases 1,700 inmates out of the prisons. What, are you kidding me? What is this, the hunt? Some perverse version of the Hunger Games? You're going to let them, like, go out and, you know, what is it? That movie is called uh, The Purge. That's it. Thank you, Mr. Producer. The Purge. You know, like, give them, you know, a free-for-all. Hey, we're going to get rid of all of the weak and elderly in one fail swoop and solve all of our healthcare problems. No, you can't have a gun, but, hey, we're going to let you go through and just kind of deal with this whole thing uh, with all these crazy criminals. Frankly, I wish this was just a uh, isolated case even because it's not. This L.A. County Sheriff, he's not the only one out there closing down the gun stores and then releasing inmates. The other joker is that same whack job over in Virginia who is sitting there and he has made it a crime that people with who are gathered as 10 or more cannot even attend a church. I mean, seriously, it's a building where it's easy to do the whole required space between folks. I mean, first he's anti-gun. Then he's the same guy who's out there advocating for abortion even after the child is born. Last time I checked, that was called infanticide, but this joker is just going after it. I am so confused about what happened to the state of Virginia, but I'm grateful I'm over here in the Pacific Northwest, because even though there are many times that I disagree with Governor Inslee, at least in this one case, he seems to be on it. Went over to the store the other night. Costco still out of a lot of stuff. A lot of the stores are slowly getting things back in. And the one thing that I really don't understand is, like, why were people choosing some of the things they were choosing to hoard? Toilet paper. Really, people? This is an upper respiratory infection. This is not... It doesn't have anything to do with your bum. Unless your head is shoved up your four-point of contact... Why do you need to hoard all of that toilet paper? This is insane. And I I went to like some of the different places and one of the spots, even just a couple of weeks ago, Dollar uh, the Dollar Store, Dollar Tree, you know, those guys went in there and I'm like, you know, hey, how is it you actually have toilet paper? He explains to me that some idiot went out on the internet and said that, no, 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 all the toilet paper that's coming from the Dollar Tree is contaminated. Well, I made the mistake of telling people no that that was ridiculous. Next thing I know, sure enough, Dollar Tree's out of toilet paper. This just makes no sense. This is one of those things where I just shake my head and, you know, I just do not get why they would hoard these sorts of things. People used to make fun of preppers. People would sit there and say, oh, you guys are crazy, you're conspiracy nuts, nothing like this could ever happen. These are all the same jokers who are out there hoarding everything. I will guarantee you not a single can of spam will be open for the amount of spam that was purchased. They, they won't. It is not going to happen. Now, folks, I, I, I got to circle back here. I got I to bring it back around. 
Jesus was in the boat. He's tired. He has just waved away the storm, told it to hush. And the disciples sitting in the boat are sitting there in awe of this Jesus. And I, and I got to remind you, I got to remind you that the biggest issue here is not the virus. The biggest issue here is not the crazy government. The biggest issue here is fear. Why would you let fear control you so much? Fear is the bigger problem. Fear is what makes you choose to do silly things. One of the things that I've spoken about a lot is the way fear changes your body's physiology. It's, it's what it does to the mind. It actually shuts down the whole rest of the cerebellum. It shuts down your brain from actually thinking rationally, logically. People are out there and only using the smallest, it's called like the animal brain. It's called the amygdala. It's the smallest portion of the brain. And that's the only part that's working. And they are making completely irrational decisions. The toilet paper is a prime example. Why? Why give into this fear? Why go out and just totally freak out and blow hundreds of dollars on stuff that you're not going to go through in the next six months to a year based on the quantities that were purchased? Jesus reminds us, we are all human. We all go through times of being tired, times of being angry, sadness, sorrow, depression, joy. It's something that's a part of the shared human experience that he went through with us. But he also reminds us that so long as he is with you in that boat, in the middle of the storm, there is nothing to be afraid of. So folks, as I leave you today with this short little, you know, quick rant and, and, and hopefully, hopefully it inspires you a little bit. Turn back to Jesus. Turn back to him. Listen to what he's telling you. There's no reason to fear. In fact, the Bible says do not fear over 300 times in the Bible. Over 300 times. In fact, it's 365 times. How many days are there in the year? Oh, wait, 365. So that must mean that daily, daily you can identify. There is nothing to fear. You get to go through this life and absolutely enjoy what you're doing in such a way that you don't have to be afraid of what is coming. So with that, folks, I'm going to Head on out, go deal with some other crazy nonsense. Uh, just wish you a blessed day.